Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson, and I'm joined by my co-host and brother from another mother, Corey BMTG. What is up, bro? Not too much, Bradley. Just, you know, living it up, playing a bunch of new magic cards. You know, it's like Christmas morning. Well, it is Christmas morning, except that somebody stole all of our presents and servers. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I guess I meant yesterday. Yeah. All right. So just so you all know, you can find this podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And with that out of the way. And you cannot all- find it on MTG Arena right now, nor anything. You, you can't. You cannot. But, <laughs> but you can find it on MTG Melee in the, uh, the homepage carousel, because this is the official podcast of MTG Melee. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Golf claps, golf claps. Yep, you did it. You did oh, it. I did it. You made Chill it a full life. like fifteen words before saying MTG Melee. So hey, I, this that's, is the that's official podcast more. of MTG Melee. Do not bite the hand that puts you on the front page of MTG Melee. But I would also like to say that we have a very special guest this week. Now, mm. last weekend was the Mythic Invitational. It was a tournament of the. 159 of the most elite magic players and one other person. Yeah, yeah. And and that one other person actually top 37 this tournament. And Whoa. I was like, wow, if the one other person could top 37 this tournament, we got to get them on the podcast. So we got that we call, big of a celebrity? We did. We got Holy the shit. one, the only, the Mr. Brian Brendan. What is up, BB Dizzles? Oh, there's a lot that's up. And my finish in the tournament is one of them. <laughs> 37th place. Damn, man. That's impressive. You did it. I'm proud yeah, of you. Yeah. Top 25 percentile, baby. That's did right. you money? Yes, I did. Everyone moneyed. Yes, did you did. above min money? I did. Yes, I did. Hell Everyone yeah. Day two min moneyed. I actually have okay. to say that was a pretty good call for them. That they, they were like, top 81 players will get... Uh, higher money and I'm like that's a weird number and then there's only 81 people that made day two and I'm like I, I guess you, I could have sussed that out like I could have oh yeah I guess out. without draws that is just what's going to happen right there's going to be that amount of players you know give yeah. or take one or two I guess but but yeah first of all Brad congratulations you uh you did a little better than 37 well whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't want to outshine our oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. special guest here, careful here. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Brian Brundon thank you for being on the show oh um, you're welcome what, you're what, absolutely what welcome. deck did you play in this mythic invitational uh goblins right or Kethis combo oh very interesting. A brave soul that registered uh, the uh, the secret hidden fifth color of magic cards. Um, <laughs> yeah. How did that go? Uh, it went quite well uh, as <laughs> I was the second highest performer amongst people who were misinformed or deluded enough to mode, register yeah. a white card in the event. <laughs> so. Well, that's really, that's, that's the actual prize, right? So you technically took second place. I, I took second place. I, I don't, out of Brian, everyone you... who horribly reduced their chances of winning the tournament, I was the second best performer. I don't know, though, Brian. I believe uh, uh, Salvato took third with Luris in his deck, so... Ooh, uh, that is true. Uh, Busted. Wow, Brad, is it too late to uh, get a different special guest now that we've yes. really figured out? <laughs> it's it's much up. too late. Okay, okay. We're already recording this episode a day and a half <laughs> later than it usually comes out. So one thing I will got to say, Brian, I, w- I got to watch and cover. You know, it was a great honor of mine to be able to 
cover somebody that's been, you know, such a good friend, you know, testing partner to be able to cover your match. And you played for about uh, five and a half minutes in your total match before you got completely obliterated by Mono Green. How much of that time was spent sideboarding? <laughs> None for them because they're a Karn deck. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, it was that, about that was five and 15 <laughs> seconds. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you got so destroyed. Total match time spent sideboarding. <laughs> uh, yeah, but some of the other matches must have went a little better than that one throughout the day. Uh, they did well. <laughs> what did I? I think I went three and four on day two, so it wasn't okay. the, the hottest day. But yeah, it, it was. Uh, I, had, I had two matches that I was a feature match for. I don't know if both actually made it to the coverage, um, hmm. but in both of them, I was uh, I was easily defeated. So <laughs> no, <laughs> that's I, just I, good TV. Yeah, it is. No, I did not register that that fifth color, and and thus did better. I did top sixteen. Yeah. Um. And cool. qualifies you for the grand finals. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and uh, on this week's mini-sode, Corey actually interviewed me for a while. We went for like 50 minutes. Um, so Corey and I talked about that. Yeah, Brad, uh, 10 more minutes and we're going to be a very popular show. I was just yeah, about exactly. to make that joke. I was like, you guys are like the... Uh, it's like, you know, hey, mom, can we watch 60 minutes? It's like, no, we have 60 minutes at home. And it's <laughs> Brad and Corey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, so you would agree me for that. So all of our patrons that are uh, in the 10 tier or higher um, would be able to access that through the Patreon. Um, so you can go give that a listen. We talked a lot in depth about our testing process and um, how we came to our conclusions. And it kind of gave insight into like the the way that we work before a tournament comes out. Yeah, it was a really good Minnesota. I, I, I think this one was definitely worth checking out. Uh, for any Sultai fans or just people that are really interested in what the behind the scenes feel is, you well, know, usually big picture issues. stuff like looking at metagames, predicting metagames behind the stuff. scenes yeah. is tech issues. Yeah, no, only when I'm involved. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I have had some ridiculous luck lately. The last three broadcasts I was a part of all had tech issues that crippled the broadcast. Impressive work, huh? It is. It is very impressive. Well, when every every single, I, I would say, like, man, maybe you're the weak link here, Corey. But the problem is yeah. that every broadcast has tech issues that cripple the broadcast. So, <laughs> yeah, fortunately, it's uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm All the right. saving grace, if anything. I agree. You are. You are the. You are the beacon of hope in an otherwise dark world. I knew it. Yeah. The Bash Bros Podcast is proudly sponsored by BCW Supplies. BCW offers great products at an even better price. From their Elite 2 sleeves to the DeckBot line, you're sure to get an amazing product. I've been using their sleeves and deck boxes for the last year, and let me tell you, bro, their durability is unparalleled. Well, if you're interested in trying them out yourselves, you can go to bcwsupplies.com and order today. BCW Supplies. Protect. Store. Display. Slogans. Marketing. Magic. Wow. All right. So let's actually move on to uh, our main topic okay. for this week. Uh, we are going to be talking about Zendikar Rising Standard and exclusively because we this episode is a day late and a dollar short because uh, we were Corey and I were playing in the early access event yesterday and I played a, a little bit of magic today. We're recording this on Thursday and mm -hmm. uh, but there has been some server issues. I got a few matches in, though. Um, okay. And pretty much we're just going to talk about our experiences and what we've learned from 
from actually getting to play the cards. Cause one of the interesting things I, I, I truly believe this and I've been a content creator for a long time. You can speculate and sometimes you can hit really well on some of the big cards, but I feel like to actually get an idea of how things are going to flow, especially with new mana, you, mm -hmm. you kind of just need to get, you know, your, your hands you play. dirty. Yeah. You gotta play. I, I learned a lot um, of just small things as well, just from diving in instead of just looking at the set. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really the finer aspects of magic where, you know, you can build a deck, but, you know, take this one, for example, there's a lot of like spell lands and people are like playing them and mm. it kind of, you know, it, it, even after a few games that taught me like, oh, like this is the turn where I kind of want to play a tap land. So I should put a another like removal spell in my deck that I can cast on the turn that I want to play a tap land. You know, like things of mm -hmm. that nature. You know what I mean? Like you're just trying to fill your curve out and and make sure that you're doing the right things. Uh, another thing I learned is I can't play a deck that can't kill a Lotus Cobra. Or you just die, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I must kill a Lotus Cobra or yeah. the game is over. Um, no kidding. Anytime I played mostly Lotus Cobra decks and then I played a little Jess guy, but any single deck I played against that didn't have a ton of removal and it was just trying to either do a mid-range plan or somewhat of an aggressive plan that isn't hyper aggressive it just wasn't remotely close if they just couldn't kill cobra or they couldn't kill omnath uh consistently i was just destroying people i gotta say though this is a a big upgrade because this time last year it was the same predicament only it was on turn one if you couldn't kill a gilded goose oh you yeah were, <laughs> yeah oko was coming down and you were screwed so uh now now at least you get till the second turn uh yeah, so, yeah. It's, it's a lot of reprieve yeah it's really really helpful this time yep yeah it's, it's great and then you know there's a there, instead of being a three mana card like Oko, there's a four mana card named Omnoth that pretty much says, uh, if I stay on the board, you're not going to kill me and I'm going to ramp way over the top of you. It's kind of absurd. Like, yeah. just every turn, even even the failed turns, I'm like, well, I just did 10 mana's worth of stuff and gained four life. Like, Yeah, the gain for life is actually just absurd. There was one game where I ended at exactly 100 life against another <laughs> mid-range deck. <laughs> I had Dream Trawlers, Uros, Omnath, and I just, I, w I ended at exactly 100. I'm like, this is fine. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> did, right, you, so did you ultimate a Johnny? <laughs> I did not. I did not. Yeah, like, so when I started streaming, um, Javier Dominguez was just ending his stream, and he shipped me over a deck list. Um, now, it's not tuned. I'm going to try to tune it, and just so all of you viewers know, um, I'm going to be posting pretty much all the decks as I work on them in the discord, um, mm -hmm. especially leading up this Friday or Sunday, excuse me, is the Bastros battles uh, tournament on MTG melee thousand dollars in store credit from our wonderful sponsor, BCW supplies. Mm -hmm. And Corey and I will be playing in that with everyone now um, that, you know, anyone can play if you're part of the Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash Bastros podcast. Uh, if you become a patron, you can play the tournament with us and have a good old time. But so I want to put a bunch of deck lists in there so people have an opportunity of like picking a deck. Yeah, um, I'm actually uh, keeping my deck lists on the DL. I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to let people in because I want to win this uh, Bash Bros tournament so badly that I don't want to I don't want to give away my my hot spicy tech that I got. You do know that so, even if you win prizes, we're just going to lump those prizes into the next tournament, right? 
Oh, I don't care about the prizes, Brad. I just want to make sure, you know, people know that we came to game. We're not just going to let them win. So when it comes oh, to true. giving out deck lists, would you say that's something that you don't want to have to... I, I, it's, it's almost like I don't want to, like, have to do it all the time, but another way to say that... Yeah, I can't think of it offhand. Uh, uh, I don't want to have to fucking do this shit anymore. Is that That's, it? Yes, no. that, okay, that right, was right. well no, worded that whoever it. said that. <laughs> I'm going to be like Captain America, and I'm going to be giving dick pics. Sorry, deck pics, damn it. Wow. Dick to all wow. 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 Brad, you're canceled. I thought you said Captain America, not Brett Favre. Jeez. <laughs> Did you guys not hear about Captain America? No. no, that just sounded oh, like a very oh, inappropriate no. thing to say. No, this last weekend he like posted something on Instagram and it, and he accidentally taked like seven of his pictures in his camera roll, including dick pics. No nice. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, Captain America's ass and dick is out there in the world now. Nice. Wow. He, I guess his shield won't be able to protect him from that, huh? <laughs> no. Um, it's actually Captain America is the one with the shul, the shield, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, thank God. I, I was worried it was more like unsolicited dick pic sending. If it's him accidentally posting them online. Yeah, then no, that's just, just a big oof. To Instagram. Like <laughs> I mean to me that's just less bad though. It's like I mean, I mean it sucks for him, like Yeah, sure. and to be fair, I bet his followers shot through the roof because hey, let's get real. He's a handsome man. Well, the, yeah, so, so the, Zendik- the big- I thought this was about Zendikar rising, not <laughs> Captain <Christ>. America <laughs> rising. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, like the, the, the big the big debate or like the big thing was like there was a lot of overwhelming support for him. And then like some of, you know, like the uh, influ- female influencer, like, hey, how about we get some of the support when this shit happens to us? Yeah. You like know? there was the that, Jennifer mm, Lawrence thing that happened a while back. I don't know if you remember yeah, that. Yeah, and and so that I yeah I can't believe neither of you saw that. It's actually kind of like, I mean, nothing gets to the number one trending these days that without it you know being like political or earth ending. Yeah. Um, but this one did, so it's crazy that neither of you saw that. Well, didn't didn't BBD get to number one trending that he topped thirty seven the Mythic Invitational? It was like three or four. it was like it was it was number thirty. It was the thirty seventh highest trending story of the. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. In, in, right. in um, <laughs> you know, in the hashtag magic hashtag white cards category. Yes, yes. Which which nobody reads up on that anymore. That's uh, yeah, that's not true. Craig Wesco still prominent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's still the main editor. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's actually get into our topic. Um, so, uh, like. Uh, the thing that I want to know, you know, starting off is, Corey, what were your initial experiences? What are what are the things that you thought were disgusting? And now I was talking about Javier mm-hmm. before we got derailed, but uh, we'll we'll come back to that after I get something out of you. Yeah. So initially where I started and I, I've had a little bit of time to play with versus live. So I saw a few of the interactions, but the card that I just personally loved more than anything from old sets and then from new sets is just Omnath from the new set. I knew that card was just so good um, that I started with that. And I also thought, especially when uh, we're starting off like this, there's such big, powerful things that people are trying to play. So Elspeth Cogger's death, I thought was going to be a lot better. So I just played a Bant uh, control slash kind of ramp deck uh, that we've we've seen before, just obviously without Gross Spiral, just replace it with Cobra, and then just splash red for Omnath. 
and it it was great. You know, it was absolutely great until I started playing against you, and then all the co- <laughs> all the Cobra and Omnath decks all of a sudden just had four Genesis Ultimatums that I played from there on, and I'm just like, oh. I'm just playing the exact same deck as them, just worse. But yeah, you're, you're doing the more <laughs> mid rangey, yeah, and going over the top. And so, and th- that- on, oh, sorry, I just want to make one last point about that. Um, when you say like you know doing the more mid rangey thing, I, I totally agree. And if the the all in Genesis Ultimatum deck ends up being like kind of easily answered, like with just a bunch of disputes or something like that. I think something like the Bant deck will be good because it does play at a little bit more angles, but it doesn't have that over the top edge. So when I'm playing Dream Trawler and they go Genesis Ultimatum, you know, obviously we know whose uh, spell is going to be bigger, but if the format ever gets dialed back, I think this Bant style of deck would be really good. Sure. I mean... Mm -hmm. Like I, we have no idea, but like we can only like speculate on what we saw. Or like let's talk about what we actually saw, and um, like what one of the things I noticed from that is these. There's like two shells of uh, Lotus Cobra style decks that mm-hmm. were just going over the top. And now the thing to keep in mind, and a lot of people have to keep in mind when it comes to the stream early access, is this is day one where everyone's trying everything out. They're not interacting that often. You're not playing cyborg or at games. all. <laughs> like yeah, there's almost not, no you're, interaction. <laughs> you're just not playing the cards that like normally see play. Like when Aethergust came out, people weren't main decking Aethergust on the early access. They're not. They're not main decking mystical seats. Now we can argue if main decking these kind of cards is healthy in a format in the first place. But what I'm saying is, you know, Magic has these stopgap um, eight cards and and ways to disrupt strategies that you just don't see on day one. So while yeah. there's a lot of ridiculous things going on, it's not proven that it's going to take over the format. But I, but so there's yeah. there's two things that were just absurd to me. There was Lotus Co- Cobra plus Omnoth plus Genesis Ultimate and plus Escape the Wilds plus Rada Fling. And that was just like, a, I, I mean, I cast two Escape the Wilds and three Genesis Ultimatums in the same turn um, yeah. until, until I had 20 lands in play. And then I just activated Rada and then flung at, at my opponent. And and that was the way that I won the game. And uh, <laughs> there's other games where you could just get like four Omnoth triggers to go off to deal four and then just Ugin them for three. And that's 19 damage. So if they took any damage, that's how you kill them there. And then there's these other ramp strategy that was kind of going around. That was pretty gross. That was Lotus Cobra plus Ashaya plus Valakut Exploration plus Azusa and Dryad, uh, slash Dryad of Elysian Grove. Now, um, this combo, uh, Valakut Exploration is landfall exile cards that you can cast. Ashaya makes all of your creatures also forests. And so if you have Lotus Cobra, Ashaya, and Valakut Exploration in play, every time you play a spell, it triggers mana for Lotus Cobra, and then it uh, it triggers another card to come off Valakut Exploration. So it just became mm-hmm. like this, you actually just keep doing this until Valakut Exploration has 20 cards underneath it. And then you just say, go and deal 20 to them with the other side of Valakut Exploration. And there's another kind of combo with that. And that's with the Nahiri's, uh, whatever you might call it, where you sack all your lands, bring them back. Um, Nahiri's Lithoform. And there, that's another uh, green, red ramp combo deck. But that card was actually glitched out on Arena. So people couldn't play with it. But yeah, that's an, that's another kind of thing that, just wins on the spot. Yeah. Um, and 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 it's just ridiculous things were happening all around. But, the, you know, like, and, and during during yesterday when I was wa- watching this all around Wednesday, 
I was just thinking back to all the podcast articles and even our own content. Remember being like, like just, yeah, confounding conundrum doesn't seem like it's going to be a good magic card. And I'm like, <laughs> I could really use one right now. But, but hey, I, I mean, when you bring that up, I, I ended with a Jeskai Yorian list with three uh, conundrums in the main. And I had it against these landfall decks and it wasn't even that good. Like, well, you have it, to it really it with, wasn't. You, you have to do it with speed or they'll eventually beat it. Do it with what? Speed. Like, yeah. Like you have to, you have to, you know, disruption plus pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it seems to me like a strategy that might be good against these kinds of decks would be some sort of counter based tempo deck or something along those lines. Don't know if that's a, mm-hmm. a deck that could exist in this form if the cards are there or not. But well, blue red right here. Sorry, one last thing, but here's the thing. This the conundrum card, like they still were getting Lotus Cobra triggers. Half the times they were returning their double face cards for to their hand and just get to cast them. They were still getting Omnath triggers, and all they were having to do was just put a land back into their hand, one of their tap lands. So I actually don't think that card's even good well, against but, the landfall. Yeah, but, but you're but like, but that's the issue is you're coming from a blue-white value deck with Yorion's when they're already a and that's like your only disruption because it's best of one and they're already a value deck so yeah. like you can't outvalue the genesis well, i was playing a i was playing a chess guy control deck i had shitloads of interaction you know well yeah but that's your first mistake you were playing a control deck format like that's a mistake as old as old as time right there even yeah. in a best of three format, that's a mistake. That's <laughs> as old as I know, time. I've, I've been on a testing team with Shaheen Sarani for far too long. It's it's poisoned my brain. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that. That's that's a Shaheen <laughs> maneuver right there. It sure is. Yeah, like the things that you know. The, so, but that is a rule that I think I'm I'm starting to see in this format. One of the cards that really went up on my list, and it's in my like. Corey and I both have a top five, but we have a lot of overlap. And and truth be told, we've already talked about two of our cards: Lotus Cobra, and. Uh, oh, no. are, both in our, are both in our top five <laughs> cards of this format but one of the cards that's going up in my list and i'm actually like on the ladder playing with it right now in my main deck is thundering <laughs> rebuke which is colorless red deal four damage to our creature or planeswalker and the reason i like this Ooh. card is it's a two mana way it's like it's an it's additional bone crushers because pretty much every deck that has red for me has bone crush right now because like lotus cobra yeah, and, and it's a. I and didn't can, even know this was a card. This this will slot nicely into my deck, so I'm happy you posted this. <laughs> yeah, but it, it kills Lotus Cobra on turn two, and yep. it doesn't. It's not a high man investment to kill an Omnoth later in the game. Yeah, this is nice. It would yeah, really be not, nice if that was an instant, but yeah, 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 yeah. That would be really good as an instant. Um, I also um, got to say, I can't believe you're playing on the ladder right now. We're recording a podcast, you know, like. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Ryan's s- never did that to this cast. Exactly. Ever. Yeah, that's he's not never played that... well or arena laddered while doing the cast actively. Ever. That, that's I would have never <laughs> been in a match and completely finished my match while the podcast was recording. <laughs> that is not something I would have ever done, and I'm really ashamed. That... So I'm I'm curious I'm curious, bro. Like what uh what kind of shell are you playing this Thundering Rebuke in a, in an aggro deck or a control deck? Uh well I don't play control. Um so all right. A mid-range or an aggro deck, I should say. <laughs> uh, it's 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 aggressive with mid-range elements. Um so the deck that I've been playing, and that'll get us to my fourth card on my list, which is uh Shatter uh Shatter Skull Smashing. Oh yeah. 
Also uh, on Foray's list too. Yeah. Yeah. Also. This card's nice. I was a big fan. Yeah, is uh and I'm not saying that this deck is good. I literally played four matches. I won all my matches with it, which isn't that impressive because it's four, but Brad, you have a hundred percent win rate. How could it not be good? That's true. <laughs> um, so the deck is kind of experimental. It is a gruel aggressive deck that is playing the small adventure package, which is Edgewell Innkeeper, uh Bone Crusher Giant, Rimrock, and Love Shark Beast. Okay. And then I'm filling out with like Lotus Cobra, um, uh, the four four for four haste questing beast, questing beast, Ember Cleave, Thundering Rebuke, and like a Scavenger News. And then uh, the deck is playing between twenty eight and thirty lands, and okay. some of those lands being Kazandu, well four Kazandu Mammoth and four Shatterskull Smashing. Okay. Um. The the thing, but the so the mana. Also, the the interesting thing that I'm trying is the mana has four Fable Passage for the Kazandu Mammoths and has eight uh, pathways that all splash for white. And my sideboard has a Plains and some, like, high-impact white sideboard cards. Okay. Um, like? Like um, Containment Priest for Winota decks. Ooh. And uh, Archon of Emeria for uh, Ramp decks. Which one's that again? Uh, this is a card I really like, uh, but I don't know how good it's going to be as a splash, but I have it on my sideboard. Okay. Uh, Our of Amiria is two colorless white, two, three flyer. Each player can't cast more than one spell each turn. Not basic lands. Your opponent's control enter the battlefield tapped. Mm. So it okay. just stops multi-spelling, which is like, you can't go Omnoth, fetch land, play something. Okay. Yeah. Because well, yeah, also just, Omnath Fetchland, that Fetchland would come into play taps. Exactly. Too, right? yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. I was going Omnath Fetchland ECD so much yesterday, and that was just so disgusting. Yeah. And so Archon of Amiria is just kind of like that. Like, you can try to get into play to disrupt them a little bit and try to get to your critical mass because, like, pretty much what you need to do is get that Emmercleave into play and put that pointer, you know, that turn or two of pressure on a deck like that. Now, I haven't played against Ramp yet, mm -hmm. but. That's my sideboard. And then I have some giant killers because one of Green Red's biggest problems is dealing with bigger creatures. Yeah. And like love, other Love Struck Beasts and yeah, love Elder Beasts Gargaroth. Or, exactly. Um, yeah. Wait, is and, Giant Killer good at doing that? I would never have guessed based on the name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, this card's been out for a long time. You should still remember Giant Killer. <laughs> I, 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 I'm fully aware of Giant Killer. <laughs> yeah, and it works with the adventure package, so I have it. And I mean, and and so I'm trying to figure out the mana because it's really complex because I need to have enough basics for the fables, but I need to play as many spell lands as I can because... Um, no, that Shatter deck seems pretty cool. Yeah, Shatter Skull Smashing is like really fucking good and yeah. sorry for swearing oh. about it it's not worth the swear but um like i'm super impressed that's why it also makes my list is it's a land and it comes into play untapped in a deck that needs to curve out but there's so often that like you get to your you know five six seven mana mm -hmm. and this is gonna help you get through combat for a turn and um, that's, that's, that's very advantageous for a deck like this. So, and honestly, I've, I've been playing it on the flip side and it's just been just as good, but I've played it on the Jeskai control side. And once again, being an untapped land, being huge in a deck with, uh, inspired ultimatum and stuff, but even just on turn five, uh, two to one creature, one to another, or just late game, eight mana kill two things was insanely good for me. 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely think a card like that is going to have lower impact um, in a control deck than an aggressive deck. Well, yeah, a, of course, but it's a land for most of the time, you know? But I mean, well, that so, I, I mean, I'm going out on a limb here, and I, I'm going to say that a fact is that no one yet understands how to do this, like, building mana bases with spell lands because, like, there is the, the truth is that there's an amount you're supposed to play Mm-hmm. And finding that range is difficult and finding which ones is difficult. But then if you go over that, then you just have limited coming to limited cards in your deck. You either have a too many coming to play tap lands or too many limited, uh, you know, quality cards. Yeah. And so while the card is good, I, I, I'm just going to assume it is not optimal in a Jeskai control deck when I also believe that Jeskai control is not optimal in the first place. Um, and I'm sorry to keep shitting on your Just Guy Control deck and your dreams. Or just every deck I've ever had ever, but yeah, go That's on. That's not true. <laughs> yeah, what, what other decks have you been working on, Corey? <laughs> no, thank you. I'll... Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, I didn't take the bait. Interesting. Yeah, good try, good try. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll say like from a, also from like the theory standpoint that I'm just going to basically kind of agree with Brad here and say that like a lot of these uh, spell lands are... You know, like people look at them and say, like, oh, you get the option of playing a land, or if you don't need the land, you get a spell. Like, of course, we should put as many of these as possible into our decks. And while you do want to definitely play with some amount of them, because like it is a really powerful thing, a lot of times people confuse having options with being the best card for their deck. But when both options suck, it's not worth playing a card. So, like, you know, there's going to be some of these cards. I don't have an example right off the top of my head. Um, but, like, well, let's say Control was one of the best decks in the format and didn't play Planeswalkers. Then Shatter Skull Smashing would actually be an example of this card where uh, you just have this card that is either a land or a spell, but the spell is just not going to be very good very often. Um, so you, you're basically you know, yeah, you might get some versatility out of it, but that wouldn't be a card you would want to have in your deck. And if you're including it as part of your mana base, you don't get to side it out. So, yeah. Yeah, I think a good example is I've seen a lot of people playing like uh, Colony Ambush, which is um, coming to play Greenland or uh, three mana instant fight. Yeah. And, you know, Yeah, but like I've been seeing some people playing with it, and or even Tangled Florinhedron or whatever. I don't think that card's good enough either. That one's interesting because it's mana, and but then like you know if like you it's it can be an accelerant. I kind of like it as like a a one or two of. um, Yeah, it's not like your auto include. It's not like your auto include ones, like the mythic ones. If you're in those colors, uh, that one's just been pretty medium at best for me. Yeah, yeah. Tangled, tangled Florahedron strikes me as the kind of card that would be probably like a third pick limited card. You know, um, yeah. it depends on what archetypes are supported, but like that, that's like uh, you know, oh, it's a land when I'm missing my third land drop, or it's a mm-hmm. ramp creature in a green deck, which usually kind of enjoy those two mana ramp creatures unlimited. Yeah. But yeah, it doesn't, doesn't really strike me as a particularly strong constructed card. One card yeah. that has impressed me a lot, especially in an Embercleave strategy, is Kazandu Mammoth. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that card looks good. It that does. card does look good. Yeah. It, it is played good. And 
Um, what about and, the Great Henge in your deck, Brad? Have you considered that? That seems like another card that slots really well with Mammoth and Lovestruck Beast and Questing Beast. Yeah, I actually, now that now that you say that, I have not tried it, but the deck does have eight. eight now it has eight creatures that let you play it on turn four. On turn four, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah. didn't even consider playing it, but I should probably try it a little bit. I mean, the problem mm -hmm. with the... The problem with the Great Henge, I mean, the Great Henge does work with adventure creatures really well. Mm -hmm. um, and so I definitely have to give it a shot. Uh, yeah, it just and it's a great card against other aggro decks that are trying to kind of play the same deck. Like if you play against like a Nea party deck or, you know, mono black aggro, any, any of these aggro decks that are kind of popping up that we don't really know, mono red or something, Love Shark Beast into the Great Henge is almost game every time, you know? Yeah, I'll definitely have to try. And the big reason mm -hmm. for that. Also, there can be some disturbing things like with, if you play turn three, yeah, I'm going to have to try because if you play turn three Kazandu Mammoth and mm -hmm. you play Fable Passage for your turn, now all of a sudden it only costs two it's mana. two. Yeah. Oh, yeah it's two sure. mana. Then you can play, you could literally play it into a 5-5 five, five Questing Beast. All right, I got to put two in my deck. Yeah, holy yeah, shit. That sounds insane. Yeah. <laughs> I actually it's not to... like that's a hard uh, thing to set up, you know, like Fable Passage... You know, just a land, and then even even at worst, you know, you can go love struck beat or mammoth one land drop. Uh, the great henge into a cobra is even sick. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. I, I just cool. gotta say, is fabled passage the best card in standard? Probably. It definitely got it. Definitely got the biggest boost in standard. Uh, as far as cards that were legal before it, um, you know, <laughs> cards it just, cards not from the set. Excuse me. Yeah, I it just feels like. All these different cards you guys are talking about, all these different decks that you're talking about, they, Fabled Pass is just an integral part of all of them. Oh, God, it's so good. It's something that you mention from your mana base, you know, it, it, it's that important. It's so important. I was playing two Evolving Wilds in my Bant Omnath deck uh, and went up to three by the end, and that seems like a card that shouldn't be that good, but that double land ability is just so strong with this new set. Yeah, it, it definitely is, but yeah, so... Um, like I, I still, I still have faith though. Like one of the things, a lot of people are going to be talking about ramp right now. And <laughs> while people are still doing ramp things, um, for those out there, you're, you're probably going to want to lean on tempo, uh, for the foreseeable future until the ramp decks came themselves, because that's where I think you're going to get the most equity at beating them. What, whether that be, I don't know what's good yet. I'm still just trying things. I don't know if it's gruel or if it's, is it with, mystical disputes and i mean the thing about is it for example is that like there's a lot of potential ways to build an is it tempo deck they have good mana they've got cards like seagate stormcaller magma channeler stormwing entity sprite dragon a ton of ways and then you have like the adventure cards like you know uh and then you even have what's it called the blue 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 x creature like mm. There's there's so many different ways to like win the games with a tempo deck. It's just finding the right spell and configuration of what those are. But I think that that kind of strategy um, has a good chance of being good in this format because if you can interact on those key turns with these these ramp decks, um, it doesn't take while to like hit them that hard because they don't have a lot of interaction. So you know you get one creature down or two creatures down. They hit like storm entities almost. I was gonna hit for four. Same with magma channeler. Like Sprite Dragon keeps getting bigger. Like there, there's probably a prowess deck of some nature, uh, quote unquote prowess. Yeah. Um, and they're going to probably beat these ramp decks. So maybe with just the, the decks that I played, but I played against that deck twice 
uh, and it was just not even remotely competitive. I just destroyed those styles. They didn't in, look great in, to me. But, but you're yeah. in best of one, and they didn't have four mystical disputes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you you have to you have to take into account interaction. Yeah, everything's everything's different uh, when we get out of the streamer event, but I, I it, nothing jumped off the page to me uh, as far as being super impressed with those type of decks. I gotta say though that uh, Chadwick, or otherwise known as Gadwick, but he's a real <laughs> Chad. That guy's a a really powerful card. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. But if Gad Wickington was good, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I also think Magma Channeler seems like such a good card. Um, yeah. yeah. It, 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 it just, like, allows you to, I mean, it just does everything for itself, right? Like, you can discard to try to get to its spell density, so you have a 4-4. Four, four. It can find you lands. Um, like, so if you're, like, missing land drops, you get more opportunity to make all of your land drops. Um, I, I don't know. I just like it. And it doesn't take an activation. Like if this costs one mana, it'd be way different, but free activations and free value and free card advantage. And it's not card advantage per se, but when you're drawing the wrong side of your deck, it is. And it also has like maybe graveyard en- enabling stuff. Like I, I'm, I'm pretty impressed by, by the stats on this card. I just haven't tried it yet because mm-hmm. is it's not no, really just the first had enough time. Yeah. Yeah. That card looks look quite good to me. It's, I mean, there was a point in time where Merfolk Looter was playable in, in Constructed, and this is, I mean, certainly we're past that point, but this is just a Merfolk Looter on so many performance-enhancing drugs that you can't really, <laughs> you know, tell anymore on the autopsy. But, like, yeah, I just think that it's, like, yeah, it it, it has three toughness, survives uh, Stomp, um, it can beat down pretty hard, not that far into the game. And yeah, yeah, exactly what Brad said as well. At, at making sure you're hitting land drops, making sure that you don't run out of gas, all that kind of other stuff. So cool. Yeah, yeah that does sound interesting. L- looks strong to me. Um, what other card now that I'm just looking at because I'm looking at spoiler with it right beside it that I just want to bring up? I was also very impressed. I played a little bit of Winota because once I saw ramping a thing, I was like, you know, screw this. I'm gonna play the anti uh like the anti-ramp like why not a deck and you know i had some good creatures like i had you know i was playing with skyclave apparition that i really like and i was playing with our yeah, card is pretty good yeah oh yeah skyclave's great mm-hmm. one of the cards that really impressed me in the why shell was uh cargan intimidator and now I, i'm gonna say some of the cards um, like by next week, we're not going to be listing off what the cards do, but for some of the more, yeah, I was just going to ask what that did. So I yeah. thank you. <laughs> I kind of use Corey as the thing. Like, it's like, Omnath. If, if, if people listening don't know what Omnath was, that's on them. But like yeah. card, like Cargan, I know Corey doesn't even know it. Um, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I, I, you, you say the word intimidator and we know exactly what some of us, some of us know exactly what that means. Old bold, weird intimidator yeah. uh, for people who remember that card. Had, had very similar lines of text. So yeah, so this is a colorless red three one human warrior. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cowards can't block warriors, and then for colorless, you can choose one. That's of just the a three fact in life, too. That's just a fact in life. That that you can pay one colorless to choose one of the that hasn't. Yeah, that that just, everyone. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Every right. day I'm like, how am I going to spend my one colorless today? Am I going to get plus one, should, plus one I, until end of turn? Should, should I read the card that I'm halfway through reading? No. No. Uh, start with the flavor text. 
Yeah, there is no flavor text because there's 40 fucking words on this. It's like Questing Beast <laughs> for Red. Um, okay. All right, so colorless, <laughs> choose one of the abilities that hasn't been chosen. Cargan Intimidator gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Target creature becomes a coward until end of turn. Target warrior gains trample until end of turn. So, so this card has like the root wall effect. There's a few times where my opponent would have like a Love Star Beast token in play, but I'm still able to attack because if they block, I can just pump it. Um, so that was cool. But the really great thing about this, it's a human that you can turn humans into non-humans for Winota. Oh, wow. Yeah, so so you can turn it into a coward and then attack, triggering your Winota. You can turn your Winota into a coward so it can trigger itself. Oh, um, cool. And then, and then a lot of your creatures are warriors to begin with, so sometimes you can stop creatures in combat from blocking. Um, hmm. So the card was very impressive and way more impressive than I thought in a Winota shell and definitely deserves to be like a, the four of for a two drop in that deck, especially in that that archetype does not have good two drops. And not yeah. all, and not always do you just get to go Winota on four and swing. Usually you have to have like a setup turn and play it on turn five or six. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, this, card, I mean, that, this card also that does seem pretty strong. Too. Yeah, the only time, oh sorry, Brian. The only time I played against that card yesterday, it was pretty disgusting. I was going first. They just went, they just went three one into three one, and I just had the Shatter Skull smashing on turn four. It felt very wrong. Oh yeah, Shatter, <laughs> early Shatter Skull smashings, and that even yeah, I, I forgot to even bring it up there. The best thing about that is even sometimes if you're on the play and you don't have an answer to Lowe's Cobra, um, you can still just kill the Lowe's Cobra on turn three with it. Like it costs yeah. three mana, but like you yeah. still get the job done. No, I, I I think that card is great. Yeah, I'm very impressed with it. Um, but yeah, so I liked this card a lot and definitely put it in your Winota shells. It's it's really good. Um, cool. Yeah, it's definitely definitely where that home is too. Like it just fits slots perfectly into those strategies. So so one other card that I was really impressed with that I just know you didn't try, Brad, because I. Uh, you've said very clearly how you feel about the control shell is what is it? I don't even know how to pronounce it. Is it a Jawar Jawari disruption? Oh yeah. I never cast it, but it, I did see you playing it and it looked really good. Yeah. I mean, just the fact it just sensor, you know, counter target spell, unless uh, your opponent pays one, but then is Land also the just side. Exactly. Then just, just a tapped Island. That card was awesome. Um, you know, if, if these ramp decks are getting so degenerate <laughs> that they're adding so much mana, you know, it's obviously bad late game, but you know, then you put it as a land. Uh, but early, early on, it just feels so good to be able to choose from like glass casket that maybe now thundering rebuke, um, or, or whatever. It, it, it really impressed me throughout the day. Yeah. It's, it's, it's basically exactly the same as sensor. Either you yeah. get to pay one in a blue and sometimes counter a spell or uh, at the end of the turn, you have a tapped blue mana and an extra land in play, which is much like when you would cycle sensor looking for gas <laughs> yeah, yeah, and draw yeah, a land. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for real. Wow, that's great. <laughs> yeah. No, that impressed me. Um, the last card on my top five list. Uh, otherwise, it was Omnath Cobra, Shatter Skull Smashing, uh, Disruption, and then Amiria's Call. Uh, like like I was saying, I didn't play a ton of decks. I just played the Bant and the Jess guy so far. Um, and then I had Versus, so I didn't have any time to play today. Um, and apparently it was on fire in there, so in Arena, so I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't able to play. But Amiria's Call, just another card that, you know, um, 
it was so easy and seamless to cast a land or just on turn seven, you can make four, four angels. I don't know if that card specifically is that good, but I just wanted to stress how good I think these mythic ones are when you can just have them untapped. I, I think the tap liability, it's really tough. You got to build your deck correctly. You can't have too much of that effect because then you're just a turn behind. But the having the option to take three, I, it just feels very, very strong. Also, I was playing it with Narset, uh, the format of Narset, and negative two on that when all your lands are also seven converted mana cost spells. I was dropkicking anything with that deck. That, that is actually <laughs> really good Good to point yeah. out is that is that <laughs> some of your mana base because of this can now be used uh, for, for um, Narset. Yeah, and uh, Shark Typhoons too. So like there was no problem in like, killing greater Garg elder gargaross or anything huge like that well i'm glad your control deck could kill creatures <laughs> God damn it. you know what i'm saving my deck list here just for the patreon people i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna let you in on it brad i'm just i'm just gonna cc you out of these emails i gotta and ask a serious <laughs> uh serious flavor question I believe here that. Yeah. What's the difference between uh, Nowhere and Oblivion? Because mm. we got Journey to Nowhere, but now we have Journey to Oblivion. I'm just curious, like, I, I, like are they running out of names for how to do these white <laughs> enchantments that exile cards? Like, there's, there's, like, Journey to Nowhere, there's Oblivion Ring, and now we've got Journey to Oblivion. <laughs> they just, the they next just one's going to be, like, Nowhere Ring or whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, they just figured nobody was actually going to read the white card since it's so unplayable most of the time that they were safe, uh, you know, missing out on this flavor. They here. thought they were safe, but little did they know <laughs> that there was a top two or 37th place competitor out there only scanning this. the white guards yeah i mean to be fair like wasn't it a couple years ago that they just named a black removal spell murder <laughs> yeah you know, like, yeah no that like, one's been around for a while that was that's a one of the, that's one of the originals that wasn't a oh yeah, murder a is from a long time ago maybe four years ago no i think much longer than that yeah no. wasn't it, that was a reprint wasn't it originally printed like like eight years ago yeah. No, no way. For sure. All right, no we're looking way. it up. Uh, yeah, yeah, looking right, it here's up. Here's one of our famous podcast mid podcast breaks so we can Google stuff. Yep. Happens once it. per episode. Uh, this is brought to you by needing to know pointless facts. It came out at M13. <laughs> brought to you by Snapple. <laughs> M13. How long ago was M13? Eight years ago. Oh, oh, what was the guess that I had for how long ago? Uh, yeah, I gotta take my victories where I can. You did it, bud. You did it. <laughs> I really murdered that. Uh, oh, out question. of the park, buddy. Out of the park. Um, yeah, I actually really like the name murder, though. Simple oh, I and, do too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what that card does. You know what that card does. You don't have to ask. Yeah, sorry, sorry <laughs> to derail. I just I just see Journey to Oblivion and I'm like, oh man, that's that is yeah. <laughs> I thought oh, you said like you were it. gonna be supportive this episode, and now I feel, you know. Yeah, I lied. I'm sorry. Really sorry. Yeah, yeah. But I will say this much. You guys have done an excellent job Thank with you. the podcast. <laughs> don't lie to me. 
All right, so now All I'm right. going to now, now, so, so these are the cards we were impressed with. I want to talk yep. about some cards that were pretty lackluster for me. And okay. that could have been for my original builds. Now, I know that you played my Obzon deck while it was Majors and I. Majors came onto my stream, and we built some decks, and then you played it on Versus. But I was I did, very yeah. underwhelmed with Nissa. Same, same. We we That is now the third time we've tried it on Versus Live, and every time it's been as close to unplayable as possible. So yeah, I'm completely off that card in any kind of shell. We tried it in a aggressive Golgari list like you gave us. Uh, we tried it in a, a slower deck. We tried it in just an all-in deck. It, it's just not good. Yeah, I, I. but the worst part about... So the first game I played in the early access was with it, and I was starting to lose the game, but I top-decked Nissa and killed them that turn. And I'm like, it feels <laughs> good to be back. Like, nothing's changed. Top-deck Nissa with the game. But then yeah. the next game I played it, I drew it, and I slammed my fifth land, then played Nissa, and then got to make the joke. It's like, no, Brad, it's, now, it's not played... Fifth land, then Nissa. It's played Nissa now. Fifth land. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, and I got someone on turn five because they did that. They they played Nissa and then had a land drop, and I just had the the disruption, the sensor card. I was like, oh, I get wrecked. <laughs> yeah, that is gross. Yeah. Um, another. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead if you got a card. Yeah, another card that um was unimpressive to me which i thought maybe was going to be good was the nighthawk style card i i forgot what it's called um the card that gets bigger for types in yeah, your opponents yeah, Tar Tarmogoyf and nighthawk's love child yeah. yeah exactly and it it just maybe it was because of the decks i was playing you know all had four ecds but it it didn't seem very good but I could see it being good in the sideboard against a hyper aggressive red deck or, you know, my I, mean, I, I just or don't something, think that, I think that cards like that are just underpowered in magic now. I like. think so too, yeah. I'm I'm a little disappointed though that based on the naming of Journey to Oblivion, that they didn't go with either Tarmohawk <laughs> or Nightcoif. Right. He's still on it. You gotta either. Yeah, you can't no. No. <laughs> what? No, we're not going back to a shitty party Oblivion Ring unlimited card. All right, I'm playing that card in Constructed just to prove you wrong. Oh. Just to spite you. And Got I, well, I hope I play against you in league play then. <laughs> hey, you know what? I might lose to you, but I will be the top performing person registering a white card in the match. So, <laughs> I, I don't know probably true. No, but... no, Omnath, you fool. There's uh, no that's Omnath. Right. Omnath. Damn Omnath it. Has ruining ruined everything. everything for you. It's now a bomb white card. <laughs> so, one I... card that I misread that I want to bring up that makes me think that Black White Yorian might be possible, but maybe not, <laughs> is the ally, um, the one two. I can't find its name now. Yeah, uh, where they reveal a card. Expert. I thought yeah. it was going to be like one of the cards that you exile it and then I just didn't finish reading the card. I thought it was exile the card until it leaves play. No, yeah, it's discard. It's, it's just, just a rat. Discard. Yeah, it's, it's just a rat. Yeah, on its own, it's just rat. Yeah, it's is, a rat with a bigger butt. Yeah, but that's like cool because like one of the things for, you know, any kind of Yorion, uh, you know, black-based Yorion deck is that they didn't have any any good twos to blink like that. So mm. that, yeah. that idea is stupid. I will say that it's not quite rat. If your opponent does shock it in response, they don't discard a card. Oh, um, because of zero? True. Yeah, if you don't have yeah. any party. 
But it's also much better than Rat if you do have <laughs> a larger party, you know, actually get to just maybe duress their hand or, or you know. Yeah, you, get a, you possibly get a choice out of it. So mm-hmm. it, has, it has upside and slight downside, too. Yeah, if you, like, blink those with Yorin and you just have two of them <laughs> and you just get to look at two cards twice, that seems pretty sick. You essentially just look at three cards and they discard two, but... Uh, I don't think it works that way, right? You don't? Because a party is one of each... And you don't get to ever make them discard two cards. No, no, no. But you get to look at two cards twice. But doesn't it count? Doesn't it count itself twice? Like if there's two of those, don't you look at two cards? Or is that not how? No, it works? you well, only have one rogue. Yeah, you, you, have, okay, you only okay. you can only choose one of them as the rogue for your party. Basically. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I guess you'd have to have another member of a party. Um. Yeah. All right. Never mind. Yeah, that's that's how that works. Um. But yeah, I I. I I didn't see a lot of cards that didn't feel that unimpressive in all honesty. Like I played against some party, even rogues. What was funny is I, I, I was just assuming rogues was going to be bad, but then someone mm-hmm. actually put a card that I never read into play uh, ninjutsu it in. Oh yeah. That card's bananas. Yeah. Zara sand, the trickster is three colors, blue, black, four, four <laughs> yeah. flash. And it just has the ninjutsu, but in a different word, it's two colors, blue, mm-hmm. black return and unta- unblocked, attacking rogue you control to its owner's hand put this into play um onto the battlefield tapped and attacking and then whenever mm-hmm. it deals combat damage to a player you may put a any target permanent from that player's graveyard onto the battlefield under control i just got an oog mm-hmm. stolen from me from it i was like what the yeah. hell oh yeah no and that's the only reason you can play that deck because otherwise these rogues hit so softly like brazen bar is like the hardest hitting rogue and all the graveyard synergies are so bad to me because they flip over um, uh, flip over like Uros. So you have to have an insane payoff. And that card is an insane payoff. But I saw so many lists that just had like three of that card or something. I was like, that is the reason to play the deck. You have to play four of that card. Yeah. And yeah, the like also the cool thing about this card, too, is it actually gets the best card in standard. It gets Flames? fabled passages. Yeah, yeah, for real. For real. <laughs> it is honestly, Brad, do you think that is the card that was legal and standard before this set that got just the most push up? It has to be, right? No, I mean, I'm not going to say that because, like, it was already seen a shit ton of play. There's going to be a different card that got much better, right? Like... I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the card's good, and a lot of people are going to be playing Fable Passage because it's just a very good land, um, and it's really good with Landfall. And I can't wait to to play pay two mana Great Henge on turn four. But <laughs> but I'm not gonna, I'm not going to say that that's you know the best thing since sliced bread. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I definitely think that uh, like Embercleave is a card that I think got a lot better with rotation. Because yeah. Aethergust is gone, but we just have to find the right shells for it. Like, the right curve-outs, but I really think Embercleave is going to be good in this format. Yeah, that's fair. Is it is it still going to be tough to cast, though? Like, if you're trying to do... Well, I guess it depends on your Embercleave deck, but, you know, if you're trying to do this, like, uh, Kazandu Mammoth Embercleave thing, and you're relying on lands, like the flip side of Kazandu Mammoth or the flip side of Shatter Skull Smashing that only produce one color of mana, you're probably yeah, going to still you... run into that same gruel problem <laughs> of, like... 
It you seems know? like you, yeah, it seems like you still have to play temples. You still have to play the pathways, and that's like, and fabled passes. That's like your twelve mana that you just have to play. I feel well, the, but temples the, are bad, of course. But the thing about this though is like the interesting thing is gruel decks are now allowed to play like thirty lands. Mm-hmm. So you always have spells and lands, and you can always get up to five mana. Usually, yeah. the problem with gruel was that you'd get stuck with one creature and playing four lands. So mm-hmm. you have the option. A lot of times I have the option. I can just go all in on this one creature and Ember Cleave. I can have more interaction with my opponent. Once I get later in the game, I still have even more interaction on my deck. Like it feels way more robust yeah. um, than it did before. Before Gruel felt very all in. You had to play shitty two drops and you had to play like this aggressive curve. And if they disrupted it, you got stuck on mana and, and all these bad things would start to like um, compound on the strategy. Whereas yeah. this time around, it doesn't feel that way because you not only get to play more lands than the deck needs, but it doesn't actually flood out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, an- another thing to add to that point, I don't know about you, and I don't know if it was just because best of one algorithms that help smooth out your hands or whatever, or the decks I was playing, but I'm only getting to almost like none. I, I With all these double face cards, I'm never really missing land drops. I don't mulligan much. It, it just feels, it feels like, you know, mulling to five is very, very rare. Uh, oh, at man. least in the in the small amount of uh, time that I played. Did you get that vibe at all, bro? Well, yeah, but we also don't know what the pressure is. Like, the thing is, is in a week or two, we're going to realize what the speed of this format actually is. Yeah. And know what we're playing against. And this is just the True. casual feel. Like, like, honestly, it's day one and two. We're just trying to fill things out. Like, standard will always come down to card advantage and interaction. It always comes down to those two things every single time. And once we figure out what is the has the best card advantage and interaction, then we have to build decks to beat that deck. And then we have to build decks to beat the other deck. And then somebody might discover the deck that like has the best card advantage and interaction. And then we have to beat that. But like that's what it's all going to boil down to. And on day one, people aren't interacting with each other and their speed isn't as fast. So you're just keeping a bunch of loose gooses. How is uh, how is best of one hand algorithm and all these spell lands like what is that going to do to that? Well, format? Yeah, no kidding. So the hand algorithm, I I believe, is just <laughs> Arena looks at two hands and yeah. picks whichever one. And if you have less lands, it's probably just always going to pick the the hand that has the closest to three to four mana. Right. Yeah, but it, it doesn't recognize the double face cards as lands. Yeah, it probably yeah. recognizes them as seven drops. Yeah, so it's 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 just like whichever hand has the closest to three or four lands and your decks have less lands. So one so you hand, might just flood more. <laughs> well, like no, one hand, I think No, you're you're gonna have less lands on yeah. average. Yeah, okay. You're okay. gonna flood less often. And yeah, I I'm just wondering, like I like I understand how the algorithm works. I'm just like that's going to have big impact on that format and what kind of decks people play in that format. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So that's, I mean, that's something to just be aware of. Like it's also for with, kicker too, right? Like the, you, you were the one yeah. that was talking about that with like Dominaria where you were playing decks with 19 to 20 lands because you had so many expensive kickers in best of one and limited when you're just playing. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think that like, with uh like a lot not to like discredit anything but a lot of the best of one gameplay that you guys had yesterday is probably going to be way different than uh 
like what best of three is going to look like because of mm-hmm. the hand algorithm. And I, I honestly feel like these spell lands even further exacerbate the difference between that and, and like traditional play. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's going to be interesting. I It'll just don't think that the hand smoother does that changes the game that much. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, it changes. I mean, it. Yeah. I mean you like, I mean, you and I both agree that the London Mulligan has massively changed uh, magic. Well, yes, yes. The, I like, mean, the no. hand smoothing alg- algorithm is the London Mulligan on crack. <laughs> it's just looking at two hands and picking the one that has the best ratio. That's what it does. It just it the the, the computer looks at two opening hands and picks whichever one has what whatever they consider the optimal amount of lands in that hand. Yeah, but the computer is also on crack. Yeah, I know. I know what it does, but like that's you're basically getting every single game. You get a free London Mulligan to seven. I mean, granted, sometimes it picks the worst hand because it doesn't like factor in which spells you have and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I I, I can see some of that, but like I, I truly believe that the streamer early stuff is just for fun. Yeah, of you course can, it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, you can find some cool things, but for the most part, I just think it's all nonsense. And there 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 might be a couple. Times in the rough, but a lot of the decks like that did ridiculous things yesterday. I just assume that you know some amount of cyborg and preparation for it is, can beat it. Like you know these Omnoth decks looked great, but most of like that's because Lotus Cobra didn't die and nothing got disputed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, I mean it was and, the same. Once, uh, it was the same like a couple formats ago where Leyline of Abundance looked unbeatable and uh, like the the best of one streamer showdown, mm-hmm. and then just wasn't part of the format at all. And same with Guy Ruda, you know, that looked unbeatable week one. And then everyone's like, oh, yeah, that card's actually horrible because dispute exists. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, I, 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 I had a ton of fun and I'm definitely like pretty much where I'm at. Like, so the man in this format dictates where we go. And, you know, for kind of closing comments for this week, because next week we'll definitely we'll have like the Jeff Hoogland tournament. We'll have the Bash Bros tournament, and then we'll have the SCG challenges are coming back on Monday on mm-hmm. Melee. So we're going to have a lot of tournament data to look through um, and anything else that's on Magic Online for the weekend. So we'll have a lot of yeah. data to look through for next week and start looking at a format. But for players that are trying to get on Arena this weekend and playing and maybe even Too bad tournaments, it's down. Well, <laughs> you know, like the, the meta is going to dictate what you're capable of doing. And, you know, Abzan, Mardu, Teamer, Jeskai all have good mana for three color decks and stable if you can find like good strategies in them the same with naya but it's more aggressive like i think naya having all three pathways means that you can like play a two color plus a light splash pretty easily and that's something that i'm exploring and then a lot of the other stuff is like you know try try to find linear fast decks that can interact with what you think you need to interact with i personally think you need to interact with Omnoth and Ember Cleave or like Nynota, those are like the first three cards and on my list of like, these are the cards you're going to interact with the most. And um, and so, you know, I, I would suggest for anyone, if you want to try to figure out, is it? I think that's a good place to look. I think Gruul decks, I mean, I think after this, I'm just, I think a lot of people are excited about just trying to play, <laughs> play the Great Henge, but... Um, <laughs> You know, I, I definitely think that you should not try to play mid-range this weekend because mid-range is just in the exact, like, middle ground where you have to, like, combat new strategies and ramp, and that's just not where I'd want to be. 
like uh, an OBS on deck, and I would not try to play a deck with bad mana. Corey, our dreams of playing an OBS on deck week one shattered. Oh, dang it. Dang it. <laughs> I agree with you, though. Yeah, completely. Like, uh, mid-range tends to generally struggle against ramp anyway, so wouldn't, probably wouldn't be where I would first look. Agreed. Yeah, so I'm going to I'm gonna keep sticking with my aggressive decks. I might try some Is It. For whatever reason, the Uro Omnoth decks aren't interesting to me right now because mostly I think a lot of people are working on them, and in a day or two, they'll be a little bit more tuned. But I just don't want to put the work into having to figure out the mana and the the right spells and the right interaction. It's just it's not what interests me on day one. I kind of just want to figure out how decks curve out, like the aggressive decks. So that's that's I just want to work on curves. Um, and I've just had, I've been having fun with like I I have a soft spot for the adventure um the the gruel adventure package. I just kind of like the idea of you know playing one ones in my aggressive deck. I don't know why. <laughs> but, hey, I mean Gol Golgari Adventures was one of my favorite decks of all time, and it plays out very similarly, just you know a, a little less aggressive. I mean, yeah. there's nothing better than the one to five curve. Gotta say. Yeah, <laughs> hey, we got Lotus Corpa and Card Advantage, buddy. That's true. Yeah. And I don't even can, play five you drops. Skip, you can skip that three. But not if that Lotus four. Cobra gets sent on a journey to oblivion on turn four. <laughs> 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 then it's taking a vacation to nowhere. Oh, oh, well, is it nowhere or is it oblivion, Corey? We gotta that's our that next out. podcast topic, okay? <laughs> Don't spoil our next week's topic. Yeah, we need another lore <laughs> podcast where we can discuss yeah. these intricacies without... If you all want to do a lore <laughs> episode, I am in, but you have to put in the work oh nah. <laughs> yeah okay well that's not gonna happen sorry Bad everyone yeah <laughs> all right well i think that's where we're gonna let off Corey, do you have any closings about where you're going with standard no no i i, I don't want to get mocked so i'll i'll oh, just come on. Don't, this isn't an abusive relationship i'm just making fun of just guy control <laughs> that's well that's where i was going at. that's where i was going forward so uh, yeah. just guy control sounds wonderful Corey, and i hope you design a playable and fun version of the strategy thank you brian i will you're welcome i will and brad i hope your gruel aggro deck always has green green into red red so you can ember cleave the shit out of Corey's just guy deck Thank you. Yeah, yeah welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. And, and I'm going to send both of you on a journey to oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to play some WoW or? <laughs> Actually, Elder Scrolls. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Before, before we go, I just want to uh, let everyone know about some upcoming events. One of them is the Jeff Hoogland, uh, Hooglandia Open. That is on Saturday. Uh, and then that'll be standard. Corey, you're going to be doing coverage with him. Yeah, I'll be casting it. I, I'm super excited. Just the first, the first tournament, the first, first tournament, tournament at, lots uh, of for standard. Yeah, it's just going to be really fun to first. I wanted to see that style, the double elimination. I think that's going to be really cool. And of course, new format. It's going to be wild. Are you going to dress up in your suit? I think I'll go a little more business casual. I have a button-up Hawaiian shirt uh, that would make our dad proud, bro. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then on Sunday is the Bash Bros Battles Tournament. Woo! That is Corey and I will be playing. That'll be way more laid back, um, less professional than Jeff Hoogland set up. It'll just no, be that's, that's where I'm wearing my suit. Nice. Yeah. I hope you do. 
<laughs> and then and then we'll be playing in that with uh, along with all of our patrons. And thank you so much for all your support and hope to come out and have a fun time. We'll be sending yeah. out the code, the registration code in the Discord. Um <clears throat> and or not Discord in the Patreon, excuse yep. me, Patreon messages. And then uh last but not least is uh PAX online. There's still a few more days and a few more opportunities to play Magic if you want to. This weekend is the pre-release. So if Jesus, you go, I feel like that's been going on forever. Yeah, it is. It's been going on for 10 days. And so wow. it's there for two more days. If you go out to your local game store and have some pre-release product and want to play it, you can find tournaments uh, this weekend to play in a pre-release online. Uh, just go to pastimes.com, pastimeevents.com, and you'll be able to look into that. That's also the link is in the show notes. Uh, but that's it for future events. All we got to do is talk about our casting crew. All we got to do? Brad, that's the best part. It rhymed. I was trying to, you know. You nailed it. All right. First up on our cast and crew is Victor. And Victor is our executive producer. And, you know, when we're feeling down about too much ramp and standard, we just go and we bro down with Victor. That's great. I mean, back, I, back in action I, as the producer mm, in a very yeah. important role. It is. It is. And it's so important because we're saying how important it is. That's how it shows how important a producer is. Exactly. Well, no, exactly. We're, we're, we're saying it's important because of how important how it already is. How would you is. know how important it is if we didn't say how important it is? Right. You because never... we have a ghostwriter that tells us how important it is. Oh, do Spoilers, we? Corey. Spoilers. Oh, shit. Sorry. Yeah, okay. I don't know if we have that. <laughs> Why would you say that? Uh, oh. All right. Speaking of something that we definitely have in our casting crew <laughs> is Phil. Yeah. Great. great. Phil. Uh, so who's Phil? Ah, he's a member of our cast and crew, Phil. Yeah, Phil, water cool Phil, yeah. But his yeah. job, what, what, his what, job, Brian. his job in the cast and crew? Excuse me, uh, you guys are breaking up. No, 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 his job, Brian. He has a, he's on the cast and crew. Your job you is to find job. out what Phil's job is. So what is, what is Phil's <laughs> oh, job? Oh, that's my, I thought I was the special guest. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what Phil does. Okay, you guys well, know. Maybe we'll figure it out next week. No, <laughs> that right. was your job. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Next up is Wapa, who is Brad's personal barista. And in fact, before we recorded this, they were talking about uh, how they also cheated on their own skills mm. and went to uh, Starbucks for a not sponsored pumpkin spiced or as pumpkin cream cold brew. And uh, I went out and actually got one and it was Ooh, delicious. You did get one. Ooh. I did. I went and got one. I just finished it right now. Nice. Brad, Brad, this is not even related to the, well, kind of related, but go to Starbucks and get their salted caramel cold brew. Oh, I've, that, I've been getting that for over a year. I, yeah, I he's that. been, he's been on that crack for some time. So. Okay. That, that shit's oh, yeah. good. So I just got that for the first time. Oh, baby. <laughs> yeah. That foam warms my heart. Yeah, you know? I usually just get cold, just a straight cold brew, but on those days where I feel like I need something sweet, you know, I'll get I'll get that. Yeah, whenever I, I need something sweet, I actually just you know call up Brian Brown doing. We just have a, mm. we just have a chat. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> who's, who's next, Corey? And uh, and I'm <clears throat> and I want to uh, let's just who's next, <laughs> Max. And it's what Max. does Max do? Well, that is Corey's linguistic coach. And let me tell you, I actually needed Max's help today. I don't know if anybody was listening during Cess Top 8 match. I said Ice Craig feet 
multiple times over and over and over again and just could not get Iron Craig feet. So luckily Max was standing offhand and gave me some uh, real life uh, advice there. Yeah, you had a few slip ups uh, on coverage. Like, oh, yeah. Including a goddamn mother <laughs> ping all the things. I heard yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, Brian, I, I slipped in. Uh, Alias is like, yeah, then we just got Mayhem Devils to just, you know, ping everything down. And I'm like, yeah, we're definitely just going to be pinging all the things right now. And I was just like, God, I hope Brad was watching. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's, that's awesome. It was good. <laughs> and he was watching. Yeah, he was. And you ruined, uh, you ruined that man's entire career because. Oh, I sent him to the stomach. I was yeah. devastated. <laughs> all right. So we have uh, next we have uh, Adham, who is our ghostwriter. And uh, anything that I've said on this podcast that you disagree with, that is the work of Adham, who actually mm. wrote, uh, it's actually scripted out the entire episode. Um, mm. Now, if there's anything that you did agree with, um, that might have been something that I put in myself. Uh, but, but he writes it all, though, so it he, wasn't. He uh, writes a lot of it. it it's 100% of it. Okay, you're right, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next up, we got David Watt, who I also don't think we know what they actually do because they clearly don't screen special guests. Mm. Yeah, no kidding. That's uh, that's something that's still a mystery to me. Uh, Next up, we got Gino. Uh, But David Watt does a great job here. (laughs) Next up, we got Gino Batista, um, and this is our special guest. Our special guest. Yeah, Yeah, was supposed to be the special guest this time. But uh, had had a really big thing come up. Uh, so on the way home, if you didn't remember, the flight was delayed last time, so they couldn't be on last week. But on the plane ride home, had to emergency emergency land in one of the best cities of all time, Cleveland, Ooh. and didn't have reception, so couldn't be on the cast this week. Oh, yeah. well, I mean yeah. that makes sense if you had to land in Cleveland. That uh, yeah, that's rough. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was just an excuse, but after hearing that, I mean, it's, I mean, it sounds like a yeah. trip from hell. It's been it's been pretty bad for a while, including yeah. our socially distanced office parties. Because Patrick, <laughs> our office party coordinator, kind of has been getting off pretty easy lately. We haven't really had any, you know, parties, and uh, even though Patrick does schedule, you know, our remote happy hours none of us show up yeah he we're we're six feet apart but he also has six shots ready for us so it's a good give and take (laughs) you just didn't listen to what i said at all (laughs) just like at all you're like you're like all right let's do some improv and Corey just swats down just like nope (laughs) hey how does it feel to have your ideas swatting down oh just I, kidding. I you actually you actually cut out there and I didn't hear you. So. Okay. Yeah, you, you just said that. <laughs> yeah, good up, but all right. Well, something that everyone's gonna hear about is Sam Prudhomme, who is BBP personal fitness trainer. Mm. And uh the we weekly... Oh sorry. Oh yeah, go right ahead. I was just go right saying, ahead. So so Sam has a workly uh, a weekly workout in our discord right the yeah. channel for mm-hmm. this yeah. And yeah it's been getting too meta for me to even understand what's going on in that in that discord mm. i don't mm. actually know what's being said and i've asked and I, I i've asked for context and i'm not getting it and it's getting so meta that i think sam has realized that we will not do physical activity so he's yeah. trying to get us to burn mental calories 
Right. Oh, yeah. I I'll, mean, hey, it's I guess it's working. I'll just say that I never did or listened to any of it. So hmm. I've hmm. I haven't been burning any mental or physical calories. See, I've been doing his workout plans to the T, and I'm fucking jacked right now. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. you can't drink <laughs> Long Island iced teas and say it was a workout, Corey. Oh, okay. Then I'm just hyper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we got Jeremy Jeldy, who is the assistant to the assistant regional manager. And we still do not know how to pronounce their name, but they did like their birthday. Uh, shout out. Excellent. Right. Awesome. Gotta love that. Next up, we got our one of our most important cast and crew members, and that's. Keith Trojanowski, and that is our unpaid intern. You're uh, all does, important to us. Yeah, does about 97% of our total work in the office. But uh, once again, uh, no monetary gain has been offered. Uh, so Keith is not getting too rich or rich at all or even getting a penny. Uh, we just want to clarify that. Also, Keith, you still owe us for your uh, BBP uniform. Yeah. yeah the office yeah. uniform that comes out of your paycheck and you still haven't uh, paid us for that. And he's been drinking a lot of water at the water tower as well, and that's not actually free, so uh, we got to send an email out to Keith for the water as well. Yes, yeah. going to have to watch that. Also, we'll probably have to get Keith to figure out what Phil does here. Yes, um, yeah, if you can yeah. please do that, Keith, this week. Uh, let us know what Phil does on the show and let us know in the pot, in the Discord, and we can finally get Keith uh, where where they belong, or Phil where they belong. Yeah, yeah, yeah touche. Speaking of Phil's, we got Philippos Galanis, who is the Aspros podcast liaison. Little known fact that we also produce a podcast called the Aspros podcast. Um, yep. I, I, you can find that podcast only on Sketcher. Actually, <laughs> yeah, it's the yeah. only it, platform that we broadcast it. Uh, but and it, it, it actually comes out on Sunday as well. We want it on the the back end of the week. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's a reason God rested on that day, and it's because he was real sick of our shit. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that, that's that's the that's the role for him. And it's very important. We don't really know the importance of it, but we know that it's pretty important because he's actually the highest paid member of our casting crew. So <laughs> did somebody call Pink Floyd? Because that joke was dark. Side of the moon. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of dark sides of the moon, uh, that one trip with Ross Merriam? What? Oh. <laughs> right, next up, we got Time Ghoul, who is BBD's resident personal massage therapist. Now, Brian, how has it been going? Uh, it, it's going fine. I feel loose and limber. Well, that's very good. I mean, we got to yeah. keep you. We got to keep you in tip top shape if you're going to special guest here. I mean. These, these yeah. episodes of the podcast are, are, you know, I don't want to say it, but they're kind of L and D, like life or death. <laughs> no, I thought they were life and limb, but. <laughs> life and deck. Wow. Next up, we got Paul Kak Sarowski. Brian. And that's uh, BBD's wall staring photographer. Sarowski. There we go. I was going to say, we need to get someone to, we need to get someone that is in charge of BBD's Diet Pepsi stockage yeah you know, that, that seems like opening. something we really need we yeah. do have an opening oh yeah. we got an opening all right if you know what i mean <laughs> and if you would like to be brian's uh pepsi stalker you can join us at patreon.com slash metro gas double pepsitration stalker i think that'd be a good one yeah uh, but the, anyways paul kakarowski super great human that's pvd's wall staring photographer 
Uh, it does a lot of great work, a lot of sweet wall staring pictures, even installed World of Warcraft so he could make a character that looked like Brian to put him up next to a wall to then screenshot it and post it into the Discord. The I think that was the funniest person. one. All of us, that goes the extra mile. The only yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, next up we have Lororor, who is our CEO. CEO, uh, great yeah. job. Great yeah, job. Don't want to comment we, further. Right. Mm. Yep. Nothing else to say. Great, great work. Great work. Keep it up. Next up, we got Jason Florin, who is Corey's arc nemesis. Horrible work. Mm-hmm. Horrible <laughs> work. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't been beating Corey nearly enough to be his arch nemesis. <laughs> Keep it up. Keep it up, Jason. All right. Next up, we got Spoon Tongue, and that's BBD's body hair stylist. Uh, I believe uh, BBD has been working on, BBD and Spoontong, I, I guess, have been working on a mohawk down the chest, uh, just going straight one line of hair, shaving everything else. It's coming along nicely. Uh, wouldn't you agree, Brian? I would definitely agree. Okay. Everyone except my girlfriend loves it. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't have the mohawk in the Grundle era, right? Because we, we still have to worry about that sunbathing. <laughs> That's yeah. right. But, yeah, but, it would never disrupt perennium sun, perennium. Whatever it is, sunbathing, you're right. <laughs> but Brian, does anybody besides your girlfriend see your chest? <laughs> uh, I do every day, and I'm disgusted by it. All so right, you're saying only, only one fans. person doesn't like it, but only one person is seeing it right now. Okay, yeah. that's not great. Yeah, but. that is true. Also, my OnlyFans, which you can also find by <laughs> becoming a patron of the Bash Bros podcast. Um <laughs> All right. Yeah, we need another OnlyFans well, member. He only has one fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just the fan in his bedroom that points at his bed. I'm actually on a different <laughs> I'm actually on a different website called Only Only Fan Singular. <laughs> it's, it's just one guy that's the mouth. That's the cap you can have only fan. <laughs> It's a really depressing website. It's just you just you just for the last five years you've been making a post daily, and the one fan just goes, "That's heinous." Yeah, and and so you only make ten dollars a month because that's whatever you charge for only one fan. So it's not really a lucrative site either. Yeah, it's just dimly lit shirtless photographs of me to one person a day every day. All right. Speaking of dim, we have Eric Nall, uh, who has transitioned positions once again. Um, has, uh, was once politically powerful, but in a in a very dim twist of fate, has now uh, lost all that. Uh, so he's been exiled, uh, but had some uh, devout followers. They started a settlement on the outskirts of Bangkok. Mm. So he's now the overseas trash bros colony leader. <laughs> Uh, and and may the trash be with us. So it's a cult. So, uh, it's a cult. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a hundred percent a cult. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I gotta say, I'm impressed with Eric's initiative. What I'm not impressed with, though, is uh, he kind of he went the hard route when you don't need to because it's way more fun to be a cult member than a cult leader. Yes, and I was gonna yeah. bring that up too, Corey. Yeah. You don't like the office, but one of the best lines in the office is you know uh, the old guy, the 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 old weird guy. What's his name? Creed. Creed. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he said he's in one of his interviews. He's like, oh, yeah, I've uh, I've been in many cults uh, as a follower and a leader. 
More fun, more fun following, but more money leading. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, Eric, Eric Null is, uh, is is really getting to that stage now, huh? I, impressive work, Eric, on another promotion. Yeah, it's oh, is it a really a promotion? Not promotions. This is just this is just life. This is life coming at you. I mean, he added leader to his tar- to his title, so that's got to be a promotion if I've ever seen one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is just going to be a Netflix. This is just, we are in the middle. We are enabling the, mm. the next, like, Netflix miniseries about a cult. When trash went too far. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were in, like, season six of, like, some TV show that, like, started out as, like, you know, like a couple of friends having a good time, and by season six, they're like, murdering the prime minister of malaysia and like you know oh yeah. just gone completely <laughs> off the rails by the end of it oh yeah I, I i my favorite of those kind of Weeds. shows is that there's a spot where i hit that self-realization that i'm just watching garbage now and <laughs> not trash eric no i'm not insulting trash um, yeah. I do not need your followers coming after me. Yeah, um, huge distinction there. So. Yeah, yeah, garbage, yeah. different thing. And uh, mm-hmm. it's like moments where, and I'll just shut the, the show off. And the one I remember is Weeds. I really fucking loved Weeds. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm like, they're like, you're having a Mexican drug lord, Mexican president who's also drug lord's baby. And I'm like, oh, wait, what the hell am I watching? And I just <laughs> wait, turned why am I doing this? started again, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, what am I yeah. actually watching right now? <laughs> I, I just watched The Last Dance and I started it for the fourth time and I'm like, seriously, Corey, find something else to watch. What is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> There's some really good shows. Uh, we just finished yeah. Ozarks. Uh, you still need to watch Undone. I know you haven't watched it, but it's really good. I haven't. And Tori actually really liked uh, Ozark uh, as well. So I think those are two I'll have to uh, look into. Undone's fast. It's one season. It's a really good story. Okay. What's it on again? It's on Amazon. And then the second season okay. of Pen15 comes out tonight. You should have watched that with Tori. I bet Tori would like it. Okay, I'll check it out. Pen15 is uh, if Brian, if you'd ever want to watch a show. But so Pen15. Yeah, I mean, the title of the show sounds like something I'm interested yeah, it's in. It's Penis. It's Pen15. Yeah, oh, it's Penis. Yeah, it's um, a great club. So but I, I like Pen14. It was pretty good. So yeah. I, I can check so, it out. So uh, Pen15 is um, a show about like two girls in their formative years, like uh coming mm-hmm. of age kind of thing. Comedy. Yeah. Not, but, okay. not a, no, listen, listen. Okay. All right. I'll hear you. Okay, listen, but it's, it's, it's a comedy and it's two 30 year old women pretending to be these like middle mid schoolers, like, okay. Like 13 year olds. And yeah. they're dressing like they did then. And it's pretty much like everyone like they are 14 years old or whatever, like everyone else in the show, that's their characters, but they're actually just 30 year old women with wrinkles, you know, like wrinkles starting to form. And it's just this crazy comedy about what their high school life was like, or, you know, their, their, their middle school life was like, it's, it's really fucking funny. And it's, and it's better for like the females that grew up then, like, like Amber and her friend Marissa are just like, love this show because it's like, so you'll love it, Brian. <laughs> they, they get it. They get it to a T of what was like school back then though. Sure. sure. Yeah. Like I will say that for what it's worth, I, um, I don't think I can name a single like coming of age story that I've actually enjoyed, but well, it's not actually coming of age. It's literally yeah. like, They've already come Inclu- of age and now they're going In- back. Well, they're, they're, yeah. Including yeah. your own coming of age, right? Yeah, You're not I a fan of that. One. That was bad. <laughs> it's just a comedy and, and it kind of pegs like that life, 
like that time, especially it's pretty much for millennials uh, our age and and like, you know, pretty much like anyone that's like 25 to 35 should find a lot of humor in the show. Gotcha. Well, I'm almost 36, so. No, you're not. Yeah, you're right. I'm not. <laughs> hey, hey, guys, what do you think? Should we, like, end the podcast? Uh, yeah, sure, probably. John probably already ended it. <laughs> oh, he's probably ended this. He probably, he probably ended it about an hour and a half ago. <laughs> yeah, just, 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 just Does anyone even fact check to make sure that they go up? I don't. Anyone, yeah, 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 yeah I that's don't a good either. point. That's a good point. And I really don't know if they go on to this end point. He might just stop us right after we get done with Eric Null. Who knows? All right. Well, without further ado, <laughs> I don't want to have to fucking do this shit <laughs> anymore. Goodbye. <laughs>